Paranormal Perception is brought to you by Paralink, the new social networking site for paranormal enthusiasts by paranormal enthusiasts. Create your free account at Paralink.com today. The show is also made possible by Alien Soda Company. Visit AlienSodaCompany.shop for everything out of this world. And keep listening because you're going to find out how you can get 10% off your order. See, you do get something for listening to this show. Paranormal Perception is about to be conjured into existence by 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC. 517 Scanner Control. 5172 Scanner Control. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please be seated? Our program is about to begin. Paranormal. Beyond the range of normal experience or scientific explanation. Perception. The process or state of being aware of something. Paranormal perception. Not the same old paranormal. Welcome to Paranormal Perception with Henry San Miguel. Henry is a 46-year paranormal experiencer and a 39-year broadcaster. Yeah, he's seen some things. Featuring hero and Sean Clan from Unearthing the Supernatural as the show's spiritual counselors and co-hosts. Unearthing the Supernatural is a team of Native American warriors trained in the ancient way of spiritual combat and healing. In other words, they really know what they're talking about. This is not the same old paranormal. You must unlearn what you have learned. This is Paranormal Perception. Certainly hasn't been the same old paranormal the past few weeks, has it? But as we said last week, we, we are getting back to normal, to paranormal, if you will. And this is how. Now, if you remember, especially those of you that have been here from the very beginning, and if you don't remember, you can listen. It's in the archive section on the website. But back in the first season, in fact, I think it was the very, yeah, it was the very first, the pilot episode, the very first Paranormal Perception episode we ever did. I featured John Zaffis, who many refer to as the godfather of the paranormal. Many of you, I'm sure, know about Charles Ford, also considered by some as a founding paranormal father, although I would say more science fiction than paranormal, honestly and a few others who are referred to as the father of this or the father of that. But have you ever noticed how we never hear about the mothers? I mean, can't be a father without there also being a mother, right? Right? No, don't go there. Not today. It's been a long week. My guest today has an entire YouTube channel dedicated to paranormal women. In fact, it's called Paranormal Women. Yeah, it's linked in the show description, and it's also on our website for you to go there. I'm talking about Allison Jornlin. Allison developed Milwaukee's first haunted history tour in 2008. Since then, she's presented at paranormal conferences across the U.S. She's contributed essays and research to several popular books, including fairy films, We Folk on the Big Screen, edited by Joshua Cutchin, which was just released a couple of weeks ago, in fact. Allison's a professional weirdo, researching and writing for AmericanGhostWalks.com, and as I mentioned, she also runs the Paranormal Women YouTube channel, which is devoted to educating the public about female con- contributions to psychical research. And now she can add an appearance on Paranormal Perception. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you for that intro. That was great. 
that yeah well it it's all you it's all it's you who's great so that that's that's why it was great but but let me let me let's start before we get into everything that you've done let's start like i usually do with all the guests at the very beginning um not when was your birthday because most of us don't remember <laughs> where that was but let's start with the, the usual question is how did how did the paranormal come come into your life well i think i've always been interested in those essential questions from as far back as I can remember, uh, these questions of, uh, what happens when we die? Are we alone in the universe? Things like that. The unseen has always appealed to me and I always wanted to know more. And, uh, so that's, that's what started me on this journey is going to the library in fourth grade and finding all these weirdo books. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to read all the time because, you know, uh, sure. No, normality is great, but I'm, I've always been interested, uh, about what's on the edges of our perception. So it's great that I'm on a, po- a podcast that's all about perception. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I like the fact that you threw in the word perception. Uh, but in the, on this show, seriously, we are the normals. That, that's what I was doing this show. <laughs> you, me, the guests that we, that I talked to, the listeners. We this is this is normal for us because a lot of the people and I I know because I've met them at conventions, our own convention, other things that we cover. I've met them there and they tell me themselves, uh, not on camera and microphones and, and they're not doing it for show. They're looking at me, looking. They're doing it because it it's their life. They they're not they're not investigators, but they've all had experience or experiences, whether they consider them scary or not scary, enlightening, emotional. If it's a family member or friend that they get a visit from everybody that listens to the show. They, they, they love all this. They, they want to know more and they can't wait to hear uh, about the, from the guests. Like how, well, how did, how did you get into the paranormal? That's why I always start with that question there. Now you mentioned libraries. I know you don't ask a lady her age, so I'm not, but um, I, I've been on this planet for uh, just about half a century. Everybody that is good at math knows <laughs> can tell how old I am. But there was a time, believe it or not, there was a time when you couldn't talk about ghosts or you got a visitation or you're interested in, in all this stuff. So when when you started, you, you mentioned libraries, but was that the only place or where else? How, how, how else did you start doing and learning and, and getting research on, on all this stuff? Uh, well, you, you said uh, you said you had my brother on before uh, mm-hmm. Mike Huberty. Yeah. And uh, well, we worked together uh, at American Ghost Walks and uh, <laughs> we were just such weird little kids. Uh, <laughs> I think it was um, our, our dear mother who uh, left us recently, who um, really inspired us uh, from the beginning. Um, and she she would. She was really a normie, <laughs> and uh, maybe she would cringe uh, knowing this. But but it it was it was her uh, openness to uh, having us listen to ghost stories when we were little kids um, that that got us so interested in haunted history uh, that we started uh, AmericanGhostWalks.com. So it, it was it was really her that that started started it all and. Um, Hey, it's okay to know my age uh, because women do not have an expiration date. I'm 53 years old. I'm <laughs> proud of it. Uh, but this is going to sound like it happened in the, 
the 1930s and I assure you it was the the 1980s but uh, she liked to play my mom loved to play a radio contest and um, so she would listen especially to Chicago stations even though you know we'd lived here uh, we lived in a suburb of Milwaukee Wisconsin and uh, but she would listen at like WGN those big radio stations over there Mm -hmm. and uh, every Halloween they would have Richard Crow on and uh he was chicagoland's ghost hunter and he started haunted history tourism he was one of the one of the uh early founders of uh haunted history tours uh because he started them in in 1973 and i've recently read a book where i learned that that it was actually a woman who um started haunted history tourism just three years earlier um in in uh 1970 but I, I didn't know of her. I knew of, of, of Richard Crow. And my mom would, would gather me and my little brother, Mike, around the radio every Halloween. And we would listen to him spin haunted tales of, of Chicagoland. And I think that really got into us. And uh, I, I think that uh, for a long time, both, uh, both the uh, me and and Michael uh, really wanted to be parapsychologists, but um, and and we do like we're well read in parapsychology, and uh, that, that really is something that inspires us. Uh, so you know we we keep apprised of what's happening in that world, and we have some uh, parapsychological researchers that are our friends, but we found out pretty quickly that. That's not a very lucrative career path. Uh, you spend a lot for your education. Uh, and then, you know, you get an academic job if you're lucky. And it just wasn't something that many people are able to do. So, so we, we were, you know, classed out of, of, you know, being parapsychologists. And so now, now we get as close to that as we can doing our own research for the haunted history tours you're right because as you were saying that i was thinking you know in all my years and it's only been six doing uh panel perception but also my years in radio because i know exactly what you're talking about with your mom the story with your mom because i like i told you before we started i i've been in radio my entire my entire life we never talk except for coast to coast am but we never talk about the paranormal or the spooky except in october and on halloween because it's halloween and that's when you bring in, uh, you know, the 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 spooky guest. So, but other than that, um, you're right. I've never, I only know one that uh, that I've had on the show, and I and I've met, and that's Doctor Lloyd Arbach, and that's only because he was back in the Bay Area when I where I used to live there. But I, and he actually teaches; he makes a living doing that. But yeah, you're right. I've never heard of a parapsychologist making a pretty good living from doing it. So yeah, you're right. So and what is when you started the Ghost Walk was is is that do you consider that your first professional paranormal thing that you did, or did you do anything before that? Well, well certainly that was my first professional venture. Uh, before that, I was involved in uh, in paranormal investigative groups, uh, but I quickly found out that you know I really needed to go my own way, and that's when I started the haunted history tours here in Milwaukee in, in 2008. Now there's a lot of imitators and that which is fine because uh 
uh, I started the tours here because I thought there was more to Milwaukee than than brats and beer and brewers. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted there to be that kind of outlet for people. And I found when I started the tours here that that a lot of the people that came on the tours really used it as a forum to share their own personal experiences. There's not enough opportunity to talk about these things that really do happen to people. And uh, you, you seldom find a friendly environment where you can open up about it. And I found that a lot of people came on the tour um, and, and that was part of the draw is being able to talk about their own experiences and share with others. Uh, and, and so now uh, I don't lead the tours anymore. I'm just a research and, and writing person because, you know, now we're in uh, we're in. Uh, seven states now and, and Puerto Rico. So uh, we have a lot of local guides around the country. But I think it's important uh, that we're offering these tours, not only because it's important to preserve that paranormal heritage, that haunted heritage of that's unique to each community, uh, just like it's important to uh, chronicle any history uh, of a town or city, uh, but also because it is providing that outlet for people uh, to to come and wonder about what lies beyond. Yeah, and when you were saying it's not just brought some beers, you, I, forget, I, I should have thrown in and Packers too. As a Packer fan myself, it's also <laughs> Packers. Let's not forget them. Oh yeah, yeah. My husband is a big fan. Of the Packers, I I'm not into sports uh, as well, but you know uh, that didn't begin with a B, so it didn't go with the alliteration. <laughs> yeah, the, and we're not we're not going to talk too too much longer about the uh, the ghost box, only because Mike's talked about him already a couple of yeah, times, and, and really, yeah, and really what you're here for is what I want to get into now. I mean, it's, it's it's pretty obvious why most people can you know take a pretty good uh, educated guess why, but let me ask you anyway. What made you want to start the uh, the Paranormal Women YouTube channel? Well, uh, like you said in the, the intro, you, you hear a lot about the fathers and you don't hear anything, anything about the mothers. Yeah. Uh, and I found that, you know, when I talk to male investigators, uh, many of them have a list of women that inspired them. But for some reason, the greater uh, population and of course, the media is the greatest offender, but you know they don't celebrate the contributions of women. And uh, the the person that I, I think the the woman that inspired me uh, first was was Catherine Crow, who was an author who wrote the the Night Side of Nature, which is still a very readable. A uh, four hundred page compendium of paranormal stories, not just ghost stories. Uh, from 1848, and uh, she's the one who, she was from England, and she brought in that term poltergeist from Germany, because unlike a lot of paranormal researchers today, she was she was actually trilingual. She spoke English, she spoke German, and she spoke French. So I think what inspired her the most w was uh, reading about uh, doctors and scientists over in Germany uh, in the um, late 1700s, uh, early 1800s, that were really delving into 
uh, paranormal spaces uh, they found in in their research that uh, that these things had a place in, in the study of science. Uh, so I mean, these people were um, were surgeons. One one of the people that inspired her uh, was an early pioneer of cataract surgery. Uh, another guy, Justin S. Kerner, he um, he actually was the first to to uh, figure out uh, the botulinum toxin, uh, and uh, he was the first to describe botulism as as an illness. So, I mean, these were people on the cutting edge of science. And for her, she saw that, but she also saw that they were, they were investigating the paranormal and finding that, that there was reality to it. And uh, so that's where she got the word poltergeist. And she was the first to bring it into English language usage. And we use the, the term poltergeist all the time. And we never think of Catherine Crow. And uh, the sad thing is, um, that uh, she was disparaged later in life um, by none other than Charles Dickens. And um, I'm not going to really go into that. You can look on my YouTube channel if you want to see what happened there. Uh, but uh, his his uh, scandal that he, that he um, pretty much invented uh, is what follows her today. Not the fact that that she was such a prolific writer on the paranormal. Uh, you know, when when women you know, didn't even have the right to vote or like even own property in some cases. And, and she was out there investigating uh, doppelgangers, poltergeists, uh, ghosts. Uh, she talks about in the night side of nature, near-death experience, out-of-body experience, uh, you know, twin telepathy, all these things uh, that we, we think are maybe even more modern and, uh, in terms of their interpretation, I mean, she was looking into these things back in the 1800s. And uh, actually in 1854, I think that she was the, the first person to actually conduct a scientific ghost hunt. Um, whereas before, of course, there'd been a lot of um, religious people who had gone in trying to exercise certain spirits. But, you know, she was the first person you know, coming in um, as an investigator would today and, uh, you know, bringing on a team and bringing in uh, a psychic uh, to try to get more information about the property. So, you know, she was the uh, first to do that and and to use that single blind method where where she, you know, didn't tell the, the psychic about uh, the property, of course. Uh, so there were a lot of innovations that she introduced that she just doesn't get credit for. And, and I don't know why that is. Uh, well, I mean, uh, as you were saying that, I'm rolling my eyes because, and, I, and I've said this many times on, on this show, the other show that I do, because that one's more about film and, and talking to directors, actors. And, I, and, and, and I've always said entertainment, radio, where I, where I came from, film, every, it, it, it's very male dominated. Everybody knows that. Uh, there's no reason why nobody ever questioned until recently finally it just it was just accepted so not too shocked to learn all of this and all of you listening to us right now yeah i know now you really want to go to the to the youtube channel don't you there's there's a lot more than just that one now for for you allison what i mean again because 
she wasn't she's never really been credited with any, everything that you just said how difficult was it to find facts on not just her but any women in the paranormal well it takes a lot of reading and uh as as long as you do some reading you're gonna be all right uh like i said the night side of nature it's out there right now i mean you can certainly buy a, a copy uh but it's free it it's um and and if you go to my youtube channel that's one of the things i highlight too uh when i'm talking about these women um like uh Thelma Moss, Zora Neale Hurston, um Alexander David Neal. When I talk about all these people um and more, chances are there are books out there that are available, freely available to you uh to read on archive.org. So archive.org is a great resource to check out these books. Uh, uh Project Gutenberg. Uh, is another one. So there's a tremendous amount of information. If you just know somebody's name, you know, you can, you can find out some incredible things as, as far as Catherine Crow, I actually did go to England. <laughs> there's a, a library there that, um, has, uh, has a, a lot of, um, information about her and, and, um, someone that really was enamored of her was, was, um, a man in the, the 1970s named uh, Jeffrey Larkin. So he has a whole archive over in England uh, devoted to Catherine Crow. And so I uh, went over there so I could learn more about her. But all you have to do is go to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to go to, you know, the excuse to take a little trip. If you, if you want to do like what Allison did, then it's up to you guys. But do you... But uh, when while you were doing all this research, not not just for Catherine, but for for all the paranormal women that you can include on the uh, on the channel, did you learn of any new new paranormal women that you weren't aware of? Oh, certainly. Well, I I would say I I'm, I wasn't aware of any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was surprised by every single one. I mean, I didn't didn't know about Catherine Crow. Uh, didn't know about Zora Neale Hurston, who. Um, who essentially was um, al almost entirely forgotten, although she was a, a popular writer during the Harlem Renaissance, you know, by the, by the 1950s, 60s, you know, she was pretty much uh, forgotten about uh, and um, died and was just put into an unmarked grave. And it was um, the writer Alice Walker that uh, found her um i believe that was 1973 too <laughs> quite a year uh and wrote an article about this rediscovering zora neale hurston uh, of course alice walker's better known for the color purple which was a best-selling book and um a very popular movie and uh, she actually uh found zora neale hurston's grave and uh, wrote about her discovery in uh, Ms. Magazine in, I believe, 1973. And that started another renaissance where, where people began rediscovering her work. But, you know, one of the things that's not usually talked about uh, is her work in uh, voodoo and hoodoo and um, in, in chronicling um, African, African beliefs and African-American beliefs um, around... Uh, this type of spiritualism and uh 
her her work is is just tremendous like uh there's a great um there's a great uh book called tell my horse which chronicles her trip to to jamaica and uh, then uh, later to haiti and she collects ghost stories she collects um stories of voodoo rituals it's really an incredible work and i'm working on a video now that that i hope to release um today or not today in a couple of days about uh you know some of my my favorite one of my favorite stories uh from tell my horse is it how old is the is the channel at this point well it is a couple years old old i started in 2020 and then i just got disgusted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh stop making videos and then i was like look you know maybe i'm not gonna get a zillion subscribers but you know it doesn't matter it's important to keep making these videos and so that that's why i've started again and uh it, it was it's, it was so exciting like um in in march when i found out um that uh amazon was putting a, a tv show on called uh the power which uh, is an incredible story about uh, uh, that's based on a best-selling book about uh, girls and women developing this electrical power mm-hmm. uh, and uh, being able to defend themselves uh, and gain power <laughs> in yeah. the world in a way they've never had before. And um, so that that uh, I did a video about the true story of the electric girls from the 19th century, which was another thing, which is in uh, Catherine Crow's Night Side of Nature. So there's just uh, there's so many stories um, that I felt compelled to relaunch the uh, YouTube channel back in March. And uh, so, yeah, I've gotten some more subscribers. I've put out some videos I'm proud of, and I'm just going to keep on doing it. Are there enough stories to to keep new content coming on a pretty regular basis? Yes, yes, there are. Uh, I just have to be able to keep up with uh, reading all the books that are out there uh, to to make videos because you know I do a lot of research and reading before I do a video. So that's that sometimes is a reason for the delay but i'm working on getting more regular with it and of course you know my my full-time job is american ghost walks i'm writing and researching uh for new destinations uh and training tour guides and doing all that so you know that's my that's my day job but i do fit in uh time for uh shooting videos and uh i did that this week i just have to edit do you, I'm sure you, you, you know, it sounds like you find everything on your own, but if somebody's listening and they, they may know someone that you haven't featured or mentioned and they want to suggest it to you, are you open to that? Oh my gosh. Yes. And, uh, I, I've been actively seeking that. Um, and, and I, Hey, I'd love to ask you, if you have any suggestions, let me know. Um, I was just, um, I was just talking to, uh, Jonathan Downs and, uh, Richard Freeman over in the UK uh, who are part of the uh, Center for for the CFZ, as they would call it, the Center for Fortean Zoology, and um, so they they had told me about uh, Marie Kaufman, Marie uh, Jean Kaufman, who was an Amistad researcher, and so she researched uh, Bigfoot-like creatures 
in the Soviet Union and lived to, I believe it was 101 years old. So I, I have presented on paranormal women, a hidden history at conferences throughout the country. And so the, the channel is like an outgrowth of that is it grew out of that. And, uh, I have presented on, uh, Marie Jean Kaufman. So I want to do a video about her and, and her, uh, influential research as well. So, you know, I am going to, uh, not just talk about, uh, women who, who studied, uh, ghosts, but, uh, also, you know, as with Zora Neale Hurston, you know, there's going to be some magic in there in terms of like voodoo, for example, although she did, did study, uh, some ghost beliefs as well. And, uh, I would tend to do a, a video on Marjorie Johnson who researched fairies. Uh, so I am going to delve into that high strangeness area of UFOs and, and strange creatures and cryptids as well. I like it. it kind of like, like my show, paranormal perception, paranormal doesn't automatically mean ghosts. It, it covers everything weird and unexplained. So yeah, I like hearing that. Uh, so go ahead and tell every. I have it linked up, but uh, tell them the uh, the YouTube channel, social media, website, and everywhere they can follow you and and catch all the stories. Yeah, so you can go to youtube.com slash paranormal women, and you can of course uh, reach me uh, at americanghostwalks.com. Uh, my email there is Allison um, A L L I S O N, just spelled like all is on. Uh, at AmericanGhostWalks.com. So if anybody has any suggestions for me, I'd love to hear from you at that email address. Yeah, and everything linked up on the show description as always. Okay, so everybody, hang on. We're not done yet. I know it sounds like I'm wrapping up here. I am for this segment, but not finished with Allison yet. As I mentioned at the beginning, she's also a writer, and she just said it right now. She writes for our OC Paracon sponsor, AmericanGhostWalks.com. And she also contributed her writing to a new book that's out right now. We'll tell you about that book in a moment. Paranormal Perception. If you're a fan of the paranormal world, then you'll love WLTKDB Talk Radio. Talk shows bringing you the latest on everything paranormal, cryptozoological, metaphysical, true crime, psychic readings, and more. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com. Welcome to Paralinked. This is the social media platform for paranormal engineers, investigators, and enthusiasts. Paralinked went live in 2023 with the mission to allow the collection of paranormal evidence throughout the globe. Join your new colleagues at Paralinked.com, and you will become part of the premier paranormal community. It is the definitive home for online paranormal studies and irrefutable paranormal evidence. I'll continue my chat with Allison in just a moment, but you heard me say she refers to herself as a professional weirdo. Now I was thinking, Allison can show that weirdness off with something from our sponsor, Alien Soda Company. They have something for all of you weirdos, and you don't even have to be a professional. 
Show off your weirdness with paranormal and pop culture themed T-shirts, posters, art, coffee mugs, and those oh those LED gaming mouse pads that I mentioned last week. Well, if you get those, I was thinking you you might have to graduate from weirdo to the coolest person in the office. Yeah, they look that cool. Alien Soda Company ships anywhere in the world. And remember I said you get something for listening to the show? Here's what you get. Whenever you order anything, use coupon code PERCEPTION and you get 10% off your order. The best part? You can use that code every time you buy something and you'll be using that code a lot as they always have new weird and cool things on the site. Visit AlienSodaCompany.shop and use coupon code PERCEPTION at checkout for 10% off. Alien Soda Company for everything out of this world and for us weirdos, professional and not. I don't have to show you any stinking bashes. Actually, yes, you do. Lucky for you, all OC Paracom badges are on sale now. Single day, two day, full weekend, and VIP badges are all on sale right now. These are not two for one, so each person needs a badge to get in. Also, Tales from Before Creation with Unearthing the Supernatural is not included with any of these badges. So if you want to attend, remember, you need to buy a separate ticket or bring a toy donation. All info and tickets can be found on OCParacon.com. We'll see you in October at OCParacon 2023. Where'd you learn that? MIT? No, actually. I picked that up reading books. You should try it sometime. It's fun. Actually, you can learn a lot from a book. Especially a paranormal book. This is Paranormal Perceptions Book Club. It is back and we ha- actually I have a surprise with the book club. Uh, first, let me tell you about the book that Allison contributed to. It's called Fairy Films, We Folk on the Big Screen. Edited by Joshua Cutchin and featuring essays by Ren Collier, Joshua Cutchin, Susan Demeter, Patrick Dugan, David Floyd, and a few more. Allison also contributed to the book, like I said, and she has an essay entitled Scary Fairies, Boogeymen of Yore. So, Allison, tell me, without giving out the whole thing, tell me a little bit about your essay in, in fairy films. Well, uh, the book itself is really great, and uh, you get a lot of different uh a lot of different uh, perspectives on uh, fairy folklore and how it's reflected itself in uh, media, uh, mostly American media, but not only American media. And uh, my essay does that, but it, it also it also touches on the corners of reality that that might actually exist uh now when you hear fairies i think that a lot of people are going to automatically tune on but don't don't do it because uh don't be prejudiced by that um cutesy victorian depiction of of a fairy because if if you know anything about folklore uh that's that's far you know these these sweet little um winged beings uh it's far from how they were depicted throughout history in folklore of many areas, uh, including including Scotland and Ireland and Iceland, for example. These creatures are formidable, 
and not to be trifled with. And and we shouldn't even be using the word fairy. Uh, we should uh, be calling them the good ma- the good neighbors. Uh, that's one euphemism that was used for them, so that uh, they wouldn't curse you, and they wouldn't cause ill luck and illness and death as as they could do and did do, according to you know many accounts going back into history. So my my uh, essay is about the the scary ones. Uh, I don't deny that they're just as among humanity, there are people that are kind uh, and people that are definitely not kind and are predators. Uh, you know, the same is is true for the other folk, the other crowd, uh, these other beings that live alongside us uh, but are usually unseen. So they're capable of a lot, and they were often conflated with uh, demons with ghosts um with with other uh beings that that people respect more today uh when people hear like i said the word fairy they they tend to be turned off and even to the point where um few years ago i was at a, a conference uh, i was a speaker at a, co- a conference where uh where grant wilson spoke too and his his big mic drop moment <laughs> during his presentation was when he you know told us to turn our cameras off make sure we weren't recording because he was going to tell us about uh, something that happened to him in the woods uh when he was younger and and basically what it was was an encounter with um with someone from the faith folk but that is not uh a huge revelation because uh the fae have been have been uh believed to have some relationship uh with with the dead for at least many hundreds of years so uh you know it's not such a far leap it's just that that uh, people who are dismissing the idea of uh, fairies as being anything interesting um they've been they've been kind of poisoned by uh, the victorian view of fairies um uh, which has little to do uh with actual accounts uh, and and they're not really seeing the fact that these are just other intelligences who are living here on Earth with us, uh, at least at times. Yeah, and you'll find out reading this book that not all, they're also not the Disney fairies that you also that your kids probably think about either. Uh, and again, the book is called Fairy Films: We Folk on the Big Screen. It's available right now. It just came out about two weeks ago as we we're recording this. I have a link on the show on the show description in the book club section for that. Uh, but Allison, do, do you ever see yourself writing your own paranormal book? Oh yeah, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> I can't say too much about it, but um, yeah, I've, I've been working on a number of projects that you'll, you'll hear more about soon. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I just have a lot of irons in the fire and a lot of things I want to write about. So sometimes I, I struggle with focusing on just one. But yeah, I really encourage you guys in the book club to to read this book because, you know, there are different perspectives like uh, Simon Young, who's a very well-respected fairy researcher and has done a lot of writing on modern fairy accounts, does a whole essay on Walt Disney and his relationship to fairies. Uh, so you, you do get that in there. 
uh, as well. And uh, you get like uh, Dr. Jack Hunter. Uh, he talks about his personal experiences uh, with fairies. Uh, so you're, you're getting people talking about film tropes, but then you're also getting actual accounts woven in. Uh, and in my essay, you know, here's an example for you. Uh, when I think of the concept of fairy, I'm just thinking about other intelligences because really any kind of um, perception we have about them is in doubt because one of the powers of the fairies traditionally is glamour, which means that they can make you see anything they want you to see. So you can't you can't trust your senses in that case. So we don't really know what we're dealing with here. But it seems clear that there are other intelligences because they're not just limited to uh, Europe and um, Iceland. Uh, in in uh, Native America uh, and over in Hawaii and in many parts of the world, there are uh, people with actual accounts of encounters with, with these other intelligences. And, and one of them that has uh, popped up in film that people may or may not be familiar with is, um, is the film uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So, yeah, Freddy Krueger was pretty scary, killing people in their dreams. That can't have any basis in reality, can it? Well, uh, it's not Freddy Krueger doing it, but um, what, what happened, uh, the, the inspiration from the, for the movie was that Wes Craven was seeing all these articles about um, so-called nightmare death in in the 1980s, uh, and it was uh, it was afflicting Hmong immigrants who had been brought over as refugees from the Vietnam War, and they were at, at astounding rates dying in their sleep, and really it it affected. Um, only the, the males of the household with, with, um, like few exceptions. Uh, one exception, uh, that I read about in, in, in Shelley Adler's work was, um, there was one woman who was afflicted by this, but she was in the very unique position of being the head of the household. So, um, the, this creature would come in the night and, uh, kill these men, or at least that's, that was the, belief uh in Hmong culture that uh what was happening is um in Hmong culture their houses are set up a certain way with a central pole where um the ancestors are thought to come in to the house and that's where you leave your offerings but you know when they came here to the United States they're staying in these little dinky apartments they didn't have uh they didn't have the resources to make the sacrifices to their ancestors so their ancestors then um would be less vigilant in protecting them from these creatures that would cause nightmare death. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, this, uh, actually in the forties, uh, was, was known in, uh, Hawaii. Uh, there were Filipino men that were over there working in the cane fields who there was, was also, um, there were also these mysterious nightmare deaths and, um, a doctor named uh, Nils Larson wrote a whole book up about it. Uh, and so the interesting thing about this is, um, yeah, so of course there's doctors now and they say, 
um, well, it's Brugada sy- syndrome. It's a it's an arrhythmia with the heart that is common among Asian men, and um, so that's how they explain it away. But it's a very rare condition. So why is it that um, there are sudden flares of, of these deaths where it's like almost at zero, and then it becomes like for a year or two, it becomes like the leading cause of death, and then it goes away again. It's it's almost like uh, well, I think uh, Stephen King's been reading a lot of of this uh, folklore as well, because you can see in his work, he often has um, like an it, for example, these um, these creatures that kill in a cycle. Uh, I believe it's like 27 years or 30 years or something like that for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's, there's this whole bunch of deaths and then there's nothing. And then 30 years later, the process starts again. So, you know, that's all, almost that seems like a lot i hate to say it like what we see with a nightmare death which is the medical name is sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome um so you can you can look it up sons uh and and see what you find but uh that that's one of these um things that that where where uh art was imitating life um that that you know, Wes Craven got his inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street from these articles about all these Hmong men that were dying mysteriously in the night. Yeah. So, so when you write your book, I'm thinking, you know, we've we've got to have you back again. I got to have you back again because you're just a lot of fun and interesting to talk to, anyway. But when you write the book, let me know or let Mike know, and he'll let me know. But get a hold of me somehow. We'll definitely have you back to talk about that when it's ready to come out. So thanks again. Everything that Allison and I just talked about for the last few minutes, everything is linked up on the show description. You guys can go there. It's uh, the, the book is on the book club section. Uh, so Allison, again, thanks a lot. And uh, like I said, I think we're going to have you back a, f- uh, a few times on Paranormal Perception. I would love that. Thank you so much. Remember when I had the two-for-one sale for OC Paracom badges? Well, guess what? You'll get a two-for-one today when it comes to the book club. We'll do that right after we take our weekly trip to Crystal's world. In a world filled with bad news, more bad news, and oh yeah, terrible news. We all could use a little guidance, right? Crystal Arona is here to give you exactly that. Let's visit Crystal's world exclusively on Paranormal Perception. Hi everyone, it's Crystal. A lot of times people tell me that they don't meditate because they don't know how to. So I thought I would start off introducing you all to a very short and simple yet powerful meditation. You can try daily or as needed. This meditation is called My House. You can do this sitting down or standing up. The movements we will be doing are arms down at your side with your palms facing inward and raise arms up over your head with your palms facing outward and touching at the top, making the shape of a house. In yoga, this position is very basic and it's called the house pose. The purpose of this meditation is to protect your energy field. Let's practice really quickly together and I'll give you some ideas of simple phrases you can say And please feel free to change them and customize them to whatever works for you if you'd like to do that. Let's start off by taking a deep breath in through our nose 
and releasing it out through our mouth. Arms at your side, bring them up as you say, I am open to positive experiences and make that shape of a house over your head. Now bringing them down, I am letting go of all that does not serve me. Arms up one more time. I am open to good health and wonderful possibilities. Arms down. I'm letting go of that which blocks me from receiving my highest good. And let's just do this one more time. Arms up. I am open to love and abundance. And arms down, finishing up. I am releasing fears and negativity. And like I said, you guys can change all those phrases and customize it to whatever you might be dealing with right now in your life. This is a really good meditation to just open you up to all that good stuff and close you off to the things that you definitely don't want to welcome into your energy field and your home and your family and all that good stuff. I recommend doing this daily to start off with and then just do it as needed in the future. This is something that you can pretty much do anywhere, sitting down or standing up. And just quickly, I wanted to share the house pose in yoga is a really good stretch and it benefits your arms, shoulders, your chest, and your hips. I will be posting a visual, either a video or some kind of image on my Instagram. So if you're having trouble following the directions I just gave, please check out my Instagram for that be coming soon. And as always, have a magical day. I know you don't want to leave, but we do have an episode to go on with. Crystal will be back next week. And while you wait, Follow her on Instagram at crystals underscore world. Link on the Paranormal Perception homepage. Does your morning coffee seem to be missing something? Well, it's not the coffee. It's your mug. Alien Soda Company has over 71 coffee mugs for you to pick from. And they're all paranormal and pop culture themed. Choose from Bigfoot, Planet X, Monster Eyes, Radioactive Sign, Ghost Hunting, video games, the zombie apocalypse, UFOs, and many more. Designed by paranormal researcher Ken Smith, all mugs are ceramic and dishwasher and microwave safe. They feature ergonomic C-shaped handles for comfort along with bright colors and long-lasting designs. Upgrade your coffee mug today by visiting aliensodacompany.shop. Use coupon code PERCEPTION at checkout for 10% off your order. Alien Soda Company ships anywhere in the world. Visit aliensodacompany.shop and don't forget to use coupon code PERCEPTION at checkout for your 10% discount. Alien Soda Company, for everything out of this world. Hold everything, it's time for me to tell you about Paralinked. Paralinked is the new social networking site made for all of you, for paranormal enthusiasts, by paranormal enthusiasts. Now, I know all of you have regular social media already, but why would you want to go to Paralink? Well, because it's not regular social media. That's why it is filled with people that love the paranormal. They've experienced, they research, they've written books, they've done documentaries, they do podcasts, they do everything and anything that has to do with the paranormal, not just ghosts, demonic entities, UFOs or UAPs abductions, all kinds of things that all the things that we talk about here on Paranormal Perception, you'll find people that like that and talk about and have experienced that on Paralinked. 
Go there today, Paralink.com, create a free account, and start meeting brand new people. We're on there too, so you'll see us there. Just go to Paralink.com and create your free account today. Where'd you learn that? MIT? No, actually, I picked that up reading books. You should try it sometime. It's fun. Actually, you can learn a lot from a book, especially a paranormal book. This is Paranormal Perceptions Book Club. And this week, the book is Dark Side of the Apple. What's really behind your phones and your... Wait a minute. No, that's actually an upcoming episode. No, this this week is the book is called Dark Side of the Apple, a true story of paranormal attack. It's by Sabrina Marie. Yes, that's Sabrina Marie, the Sabrina Marie who's been here, my friend from Two Round Paranormal. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Henry. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for coming back. And uh, this is one that I I told you I've never said it here on the show on the microphone. Now I can't been waiting for this one because it means the book is ready to be unveiled to the public. So let's start with the paranormal attack in the title. What what is what is without giving it all the way, obviously, but what does that refer to? Oh, that was 28 years in this apartment that we were under attack from everything from shadow figures to a constant stream of, of lost souls coming through to poltergeist activity, to demonic activity. I mean, you name it, we had it in this apartment. Now, this could be a long, long answer, like the conversations we've had, because you've told me about, maybe, maybe, I think from the day we met, you've told me pretty much the, the entire story. But talk about how personal this book really is for, for you and for your mom. Oh, this book is therapy for us. Um, it took me a long time to, to figure out if I really wanted to put this out in the public because of, you know, the controversial part of it, people not believing us and, and all that. But this book, writing it, I, um, I cried most of the time. Um, it touched mom very deeply reading it. I actually made her do an interview in it. <laughs> that was really hard for her to answer a lot of questions that I asked her in it. So it being extremely personal for us, it needed to be out as therapy for us. And I want to help people with it. So then I want people to come to me and tell me their story if they're going through something like this so that I can help them behind the scenes. I was going to ask you something else, but you made me think of another question, actually, as you were saying that. And in a way, I've kind of asked you this in our conver- our private conversations about this, but let me ask you here publicly. What, when you say you were afraid to write it, what were you, what were you afraid of? Because as, as obviously this is paranormal perception. It's a paranormal book. These are people that are interested in paranormal, supernatural things. So was it that not, you know, people really people not believe me because they do believe that's why they're listening to paranormal perception. But what was it really? Was it something else that you were really afraid of in if you wrote and released this book? Mostly uh, what I'm worried about is backlash. Um, I know that people are going to are going to disbelieve a lot of stuff in it because there's so much. I mean, I would step back and question a little bit because some of it is so wild. I mean, there's a story in it that um, 
I was almost killed by a spirit, a very negative spirit twice. And I know people are going to come back at me and think that I'm lying about that just to get entertainment value or to get involved in like a TV show or something. And that that's absolutely not it. I wrote this and I wanted to put this story out because, oh gosh, it's hard to talk about. It is. Tell me if I'm wrong. The way I would just, uh, I would, what I would compare it to really, let's say not even anything paranormal or supernatural or ghostly at all. Let's say you are the victim of uh, a sexual assault. After years and years of having to live with that, no matter what, you finally want to talk about it. You want to write a book. That's what this. That's how personal this is. It's something that there has shame behind it. It has it has everything. It has you're right. People will look at you different, even though they they may tell you in your face, no, no, no. But you're still the same, Sabrina. It will yeah, change exactly. some people. So, so yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, so what or who or what was it that finally told you, okay, you have to write this book now? Honestly, I, I wanted people to that are going through it, going through similar situations, because I know there are people out there that are too scared like I was to come out. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 plus years and I was too scared to come out. So I know that there are people that are worried about what people are going to say to them, or if there's anybody that would actually step up and help them. I want those people to know that they have somewhere to go, that they can come and they can talk to two realm. We'll help them. Yeah. And now that it's going to be out, I can say, and it's not a plug. Sabrina didn't tell me to do this. I'm just saying, get the book, read it, understand who you're about to speak to. They're not just doing this because, oh, it's cool. Paranormal is cool now. They've been they've been through it. Trust me, in the book, you'll see it. And that's just the li- one big one, but they've been, th- been through a lot of other things also. So, yeah, that way you'll, you'll get to know them without actually speaking to them. So you know wh- who you're reaching out to. That's, that's the first thing. The other thing is how, how difficult was it really to sit sit down, and start writing it because I, I know you told me you've been thinking about doing it but how long did it take you to actually sit there because you've written other books this isn't your first one so why why this one why did why did this one take so long to physically sit down start typing start writing and getting it out there that same backlash um and and i was i was honestly worried that it would start happening again like if i talked about it if i put it out in the public, if I brought it out so that everybody knew the story that we went through, could it come to this next place that we moved away to? Could it start up again? Could I wake up in the middle of the night with these things happening to me or sit on my sofa and see these things pass by me or feel that sense of of doom and dread and pain emotional pain that I was caused in this book. So I was really scared all that would start again because this living in that place had me to the brink of wanting just to end my life at times, just to get away from it. I was terrified that would start up again. And thankfully so far, knock on wood, everything is good here in the new place. I'm laughing that, 
not because because I know the situation, but because as you were saying that, I was reaching over to knock on wood as you said that also. So yeah, <laughs> definitely knowing the story. Um, the the other thing is we've heard. Well, before I get to this question, let let me do let me have you do this for those of that are because again, I'm speaking to you because even before I read the book, I knew most of the story, but with let's do let's do your favorite let's do it this way give me give everybody listening give them the uh give them the pitch for the book what is what is the book about so they would want to go out and get it this book is about 28 years of living in a paranormal nightmare i i'd call it my real life horror story if you can think of it in the paranormal it happened in this place there are things that are so wild you won't believe them but there are also things that are so emotionally distressing in it that you will actually feel our pain and i think that a book like that where it can make you feel run the gamut of all emotions is one that everybody needs to buy okay and it's not really spoilery, but most people probably are wondering. So let them know what is the apple? What does the apple refer to in the title? The apple is the is in the title of the place that we lived. So legality reasons. I can't say exactly the place, but apple is in it. Okay. It yeah, it's kinda like um a uh, happy place, the happiest place on earth. That's by my house. If I want to say something haunted about it, I can't say where. Yeah. Like for like, yeah, you're right. For legal reasons, especially them, yeah. they have uh, an army, a legion of legal people that would come after me. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of um, false on the outside. It's hmm. always that dark side in the back. Yeah. So what I was going to ask, and that's why I had you explain a little bit. What I was going to ask is on this show, I mean, I've, I've heard about cursed movie sets and, you know, things that happen. Um, doing this show, however, speaking to authors, I've learned that there are also such a thing as cursed books, not the book itself, but is in something many, a lot of the authors things that supernatural forces trying to prevent them from, from this book getting out. Was there anything like that that could be described as supernatural paranormal that happened as you, that was, you could see now as trying to prevent you from writing or getting the book out? Not really. Um, we had a lot of, where there was so much bad going on there, we also had a lot of protections. Like my grandmothers were my guides and my mother has um, a warrior that is a, with her a lot. So we, there was always this wall in between where when I'm writing the book here at this new place, I would see what I call the whites. They're white lights that fly by and those are the protective forces around us. I felt like I was always protected writing it. I have to admit there, there was a little bit of activity, but I wonder if it was just them. Like maybe don't talk so much about that part. <laughs> Move on to a different part. I don't think I think this one was very protected. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that. I mean, I think we've talked about it. you and your mom, and, and we've talked about it. it. They're called guides for a reason. That's their job to you know tell yeah. us don't go this way. Maybe, maybe take this route. 
So yeah, that's probably what it was. Now, what do you want readers to take away from the book after they read it? Well, I want them to read it. And, you know, even if you don't believe it, um, just be respectful <laughs> of it. Don't come bash us or anything. But know that there is nothing we can truly, truly, truly explain in the paranormal. There are things that we think we have answers to that we will find 20 years down the road that we don't have the answer to. But I want them to take away that there are people out there going through a paranormal hell, literally. And when they're talking about that, don't automatically just disbelieve them. Actually listen to their story and you might find the truth in that. And you might actually be able to help, especially to the teams. There's just a lot of teams that would turn this away and say that we falsified everything. But just read it. Know that there is all there are things out there that you just cannot explain. Like I said, I've been doing this for 30 plus years and I can't explain the things that happened in this book. And I certainly can't explain the things that my mother did to protect me. My mother is my hero through this. She was the strength behind this when I was falling apart. And she I don't tell her that enough, but. She really was. Take away from it that if you have something going on in your life that is like this, there are people out there that will believe you too. Rome will listen to your story. It's not just a plug for people to come and support our team or anything. It's we've been there. We know. And we fought hard for many, many years. And we can be there to help you too. Take away that People aren't always lying or crazy or have mental health issues or just because they're going through a paranormal nightmare. As Hero and Sean Clare would say, oh, yes. Now, a <laughs> couple of things, uh, actually, what you just said. The first one is for everybody that, again, listen to paranormal perception. You already believe in this. So and I can say not just with Sabrina's experience and her mom's experience, but those of you that have been here from the very, very beginning, from season one, thanks for sticking around all the way to season six now. But you remember when my my first paranormal consultant, Doug Carnahan, he used to call himself an extreme haunt survivor. He went n- not to this level, what you're going to read in the book, but his were his his were the darker kind, and and they were very physical. They would throw him around, they would scratch him, but especially physically throw him around. And if you all remember, Doug was a big guy takes a lot to throw someone like Doug. So that's what he dealt with. So, so yeah, it, it, it's definitely real. People know it's real as the first thing. The second thing I would say is, you know, like you said, don't come and bash as well. The episode we did a couple of things, maybe three weeks ago at this point, the hero and Sean Clan and myself, when we all hit that paranormal wall, there's something that we took away from doing that episode. And that's something that I'll share with you, Sabrina, and anybody else in the paranormal community that gets bashed for believing in the paranormal in the afterlife. And that is what we took away. If you're coming to bash us, to talk about us, to doubt us or whatever, go ahead. Don't care because that says more about you than it does about us. That's all I'll say. So give everybody the website, social media, everywhere where they can find out about the book and follow everything that two realm does. Everything is up on our website which is uh, the number two realm, 
paranormalresearch.com. I've got all the books up. I've got all of our events and appearances and everything up on there. So if you want to buy it, you can get it there. And like always on the website, on the Paranormal Perception website, it's in the book club section. Just click on the link on the picture and it will take you there. You are welcome. So Sabrina, congratulations on getting it out there. And thank you for coming on. And I'm sure, like always, it's not the last time we'll talk. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for giving me the courage to finish this book, Henry, because honestly, a conversation with you is what set me into finishing it. You are very, very, very welcome. Learn more about this week's author and buy the book by visiting paranormalperception.show and clicking on the book club section. So not much more to tell you other than don't forget OC Paracom badges are all on sale, all levels, including VIPs. They don't include Tales from Before Creation with Zoska, the, the Unearthing the Supernatural event. If you want to do that, you can do one of two things. You can either get tickets. Remember, they're not two for one anymore, so you got got to get individual tickets for everyone that wants to attend. Or you can bring a donation. This year, Zoska told Hero to tell us, tell you, I think that makes sense, right? To tell you that if you don't want to pay for for a ticket, for a badge, then you can give a toy offering, and that gets you into Tales from Before Creation. Only into the Tales from Before Creation event. Let me make that clear. The donation does not get you into OC Paracon. You still got to get an OC Paracon badge, but you don't have to buy an extra ticket. You can simply give a donation and that will get you in. So all of that, all the info, everything on OCParacon.com. Also, we relaunched it a couple of weeks ago. The boys are on there also. It's the Geek Speak Show, Volume 2, the old show, the first podcast I ever did. I had ended it, but it's back. And this time, the boys came with me. So go to the website, geekspeakshow.com. You can subscribe there. You can, we're going to do a video component. So you'll be able to not only hear us, you'll be able to watch us pretty soon. Uh, I know a lot of you here on the paranormal side, you're into the, into pop culture. Also, you like star Wars, you like the Marvel movies and some, of course the horror films. We'll talk about those. So we'll not just talk about the movies. We'll talk to the actors and directors. So you'll hear from some of your favorite uh, actors and directors from the things that you watch over there on the geekspeakshow.com next week well you know you know the drill by now i ain't gonna tell you but you know what it's not going to be it's not the same old paranormal while you wait for the new episode listen to past seasons and learn more about the show on the official website www.paranormalperception.show Meet hero Sean Clan and Bespaw on their YouTube channel, Unearthing the Supernatural. Keep up with OC Paracon 2023 news and announcements on Facebook.com slash OC Paracon or www.ocparacon.com. Like this show? Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any new episodes. Tell your friends about us. Just warn them that this show is not the same old paranormal. This is Paranormal Perception. Paranormal Perception is produced by 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC.